Cinemodities, late night movies with Rob, Ben, and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally these projects shell, but most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Ben. And I was born in the wrong dimension. I've slain dragons, flown over mountains. This is my planet. This is my solar system. We are here to start a brand new series, but wait, it's not really brand new. It's actually part two of this series. Back in May of 2019, Zach and I covered the Aristocats, Vox Lux, Little Shop of Horrors, and Pixel Perfect in what we called our Music Movies series. And now I am very happy to revisit this series with somebody who I know has a lot of love for music and a lot to say about music. It's Ben! Ben, are you excited for the music series that you get to be a part of this time? I'm definitely excited. But uh, I gotta say, what the fuck was this movie? <laughs> oh, yes. I, I have to also say, what the fuck is this movie? Um, it is Crestone. Oh, we, we're gonna have to get into it. We're gonna have to get into the, uh, the absolute bonkers thing that this is. And I say thing because it doesn't really fit into, uh, I think, uh, it's reported to be a documentary. Uh, it's reported to be a movie. I think it's more of a, of an, a, like an, an art piece, an installation, something you'd see in like a museum hallway or something like that. <laughs> uh, I definitely thought like fever dream. Oh, okay. Okay. So yes, we, we are here to start with Crestone, but before we get into that, we have some housekeeping to do. Uh, one, um, he's, he's not just hiding away. Uh, he is not here. Zach, we have to talk about where is he? And I'm actually glad to get into it with, uh, into this with you this time, Ben, because Zach is of course at the Cinemodities restaurant and he's actually de- Dealing with some fallout from one of the things that you and I implemented back in the start of 2021. So if you remember, Ben, we instantiated a room in the restaurant where Beverly Hills Cop is playing on loop. And our idea was that people could go there to take a nap. Like, they would just fall asleep during that movie. And we also said that whenever they wanted to wake up, uh, they would be able to put in a time and then the Axel F theme song would play as an alarm clock. Well, it turns out that um, the, the, this didn't really go as planned, it seems. Um, the people who go into this room and try and use this ser- uh, service have been suffering negative mental consequences of uh, Beverly Hills Cop exposure. Um, apparently, this is a form of torture, and certain groups are looking, looking to bring the Cinemodities restaurant up on charges of crimes against peace. Um, so good luck, Zach, dealing with that. I'm glad that uh, we don't have to handle that, and we hope we got a good lawyer or something. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I in in hindsight, I think we should should have foreseen the torture element. I kind of, um, kind of, you're right. I mean, I think there's something. Uh, I don't know all the details, of course, because you know Zach's trying to deal with it, and uh, I was like, you know, Zach, you can either deal with you know these uh, these you know, war crimes or you know crimes against humanity, crimes against peace that are being brought upon us, or you can come talk Animal Collective and Crestone. And he was like, yeah, I'd rather deal with you know the uh, the, the world organizations and, and UN and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I really thought you were going to tell me that <clears throat> the Axel F theme song wasn't a disruptive enough, like it didn't disrupt enough away from the audio of the movie <laughs> that they never actually woke up. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's it's. We, you're right. We should have seen it. It's whenever you play that song anywhere, it it's full of 
uh, probably unforeseen consequences, negative unforeseen consequences. Um, but yes, we wish Zach good luck, and hopefully we can get that all sorted out uh, without having to rely on too much of the, uh, the powerful items we have in the restaurant. So the other thing that I want to mention at the start of this, as I like to do whenever we start a new series, um, we have one piece of spam email that I would like to read. And this actually is good because spam email is going to uh, tie into something else I want to talk about when we get into Crestone. So this, this piece of spam email came across our, our, uh, our way, and it, it caught my attention because it, um, it seemed so weird. It seems so simple. You know, I've read spam emails before where, you know, we have the things where it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I, I, the, the cancer has become uncontrollable and I need to send you money and all that stuff. Or things like, you know, hey, increase your chances of getting pregnant, click this link and stuff like that. There's always some like call to action in these spam emails. And I'm sure everybody's familiar with that. We got a spam email from Jessica at airadding.com, whatever that is. And this is all it says. Hi, stop sending me your fucking pictures, please. Thank you. That's it. There's no link. There's nothing to click. There's no call to action. It, I, I tried Googling, like, what airadding.com is. It doesn't, I couldn't really find anything. So I, I don't know if this is something that's, like, truly spam and, and was filtered appropriately or somehow somebody's sending pictures under the Cinemodity's name. It, it was just the weirdest spam email I think we've gotten in a while. Does this make any sense to you, Ben? <laughs> um... Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about what I've been using the Cinemodity's email for. <laughs> no, I, that's crazy. I've I've never I've never seen spam email that was um, in no way designed to get something from you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a long con, and they're going to be like, "I told you to stop sending the emails. Now I'm going to blackmail you." Uh, maybe, maybe. I'm glad you bring that up because that's what I started to think when I was you know staring at these you know what ten words or whatever. Uh, this email says, stop sending me your fucking pictures, please. My immediate thought was, they're saying, stop sending me your fucking pictures, you know? It's like they're angry about that we're sending them pictures. Maybe they're saying, stop sending me your fucking pictures. Like, pictures of fucking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, like PNV porn. Yes, yes. Because yeah. that would go with what we know about spam emails with, um, you know, bad English. Uh, people not, you know, using English in the way that most people would read through text and understand, or at least we would. But, Jessica, I'm sorry if you're listening. We're not sending anybody any pictures. At least, you know, that's, um, that's what I think. I, I mean, once again... Just like we said in the um the 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 Tomb Raider or really the the Womb Raider discussion, you know I I think that somebody's listening to us. Like every time we talk about something, we start to get spam emails that seem to relate to that. I know that I've always made the joke that whenever we get emails, we should respond with dick pics. Somebody out there is listening to us somehow, Ben, and and they're using it as fodder for spam email. It's it's a very weird thing. Um, but uh, Jessica, we're we're not doing it on purpose. We swear. <laughs> Or at least so this I'm actually not. reminds me the uh, the fucking pictures thing. I was uh, I was browsing Reddit the other day and I came across this comment. Some somebody was talking about how their parents behaved during their divorce and and what the fallout of that was. But the phrasing they used is like during the divorce, my parents were fucking children, and I was like, how did they not go to prison? <laughs> sure. Like, and uh, so I, I definitely that's probably my my most upvoted comment right now is like your parents were fucking children. <laughs> like, how, how are they not in prison? 
Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Um, okay. So I think uh, that's that's what I had. Um, I'm I'm sorry, Ben. Any uh any other hot topics you want to say at the start of the series? Uh, we haven't had you, you know, since um uh, since Spider Man No Way Home. Anything you got to fill in uh, before we uh, jump into Crestone? I'm sure you're trying to hold off as much as you can. <laughs> um, I'm sorry for whatever you're about to hear, <laughs> but I think that's it. Okay. Okay. So yes. Crestone. Uh, it's technically a 2020 movie. That's when it played at a uh, at the True Falls Festival, I believe, for the first time. Uh, came out for uh, mass audiences. Uh, well, I should say mass audiences came out, you know, so you could rent or buy on Amazon or uh, their website um, back in 2021. And um, it is, I think the best place to start is the log line. The thing that, you know, got me interested in it is, um, well, what is Crestone? It's reported as a documentary about a group of SoundCloud rappers that live in the Colorado desert uh, growing weed and posting to Instagram and stuff like that. I I saw this and I was like, that's interesting. And I also am a little biased because I found out about it through Animal Collective's newsletter. Um, they announced the release of their album Crestone and called it a soundtrack. And I was like, well, you know, what's it a soundtrack for? And then I read, you know, the 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 log line and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And so I had to I had to you know rent it and watch it and all that stuff. So I I knew. When I picked this movie, Ben, in we had to do it in the music movie series because as as much as you know we're going to say about it, as much as I think we're going to have differing opinions, um, it is a movie about music. Well, movie, of course, we're using in the loose phrase here. It is about music. It has music. It's about music. It's about creativity. So I think it fits very uh, well. Uh, you're using movie loosely. You're using about loosely. <laughs> you're you're using music loosely. Um. That that is the loosest statement I've ever heard. Okay, that okay. Crestone is a movie about music. I knew that I knew that we had to talk about it because at least uh, I knew if, if Zach and I talked about this, Zach would have been like, "This is Zach would have just you know turned his brain off and been like, what is this? I don't want to talk about it.'" I know Ben at least you know that you have some something to say about it, and and we can at least talk about this this weird thing because it is very weird. Not to jump the gun, this is I think a, almost a pure cinematity. This is one of the strangest you know. A combination of of sights and sounds I've seen in a, in a while, um, but uh, I mean, kind of first off the bat, I, I think Ben's been alluding to it. Nothing really happens in this movie. Um, I I have to say I agree. Not not a lot happens, um, but I find a lot of meaning from it, and I I kind of love this movie. I, I'm noticing the pad. Well, I'm not noticing it for the first time, but I'm kind of you know realizing it more and more. I recently watched Clementine because uh, Sydney Sweeney's in it, so I had to watch it. Um, and I've watched this movie, Clementine. It's 90 minutes long. And, you know, I, I finished it, and I was like, oh, that, I'm like, that was pretty good. I was like, it was a little weird, you know. Like, maybe the end reveal wasn't really what I wanted, but it was pretty good. And I go on Letterboxd, and I review it, and I gave it, like, three stars. I'm like, it was okay, you know, that type of thing. I look at the other reviews, and it's all like one stars, one and a half stars, and they're like, nothing happens in this movie. It's so boring. Nothing happens. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I really like movies where apparently other people think nothing happens. <laughs> uh, if you remember back to Neon Demon, I think we had the same discussion almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that sounds right. So um, so I, I definitely, um, you know, I, I don't disagree with you, Ben. This movie is is weird, it's slow, it's feverish at parts, it's, it's you know, a, a real blend of, you know, f- fiction and reality and stuff like that. But that's, that's what I want to get into. But I guess on overall thoughts, of course, you know, it, 
It's scored by Animal Collective. It's weird. It's bonkers. I, it has a lot to do. I think it's it's a little. It has a little bit more of a profound message about social media than is intended. But of course, we'll get into that. But just your just your kind of immediate thoughts, Ben. I don't want to blow up your spot, but I I know that you hit me up on Facebook some night, you know, when you were watching this, and you were like, "What the fuck is this? I'm 20 minutes in, and it's just a mishmash of footage." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I don't know that I have much more to say about it after finishing it. It's <laughs> okay. um, it seems so disorganized. Um, sure. it's, it doesn't appear to be telling any kind of story. All, all it is, is like a couple days in the life of these, of these people who are so far removed from any kind of society that they are scrounging for supplies and, and stealing from, uh, like abandoned trailers. Yes. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just, I, it seems like a disorganized mess. I, I, have a hard time believing that whoever actually made it, like when they finished it, they thought like, yes, this is complete. Um, I, I can't, I, I can't imagine being that person and thinking that that was a finished product. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm glad you say that because um, after, you know, watching this for this recording and I've actually seen this a good bit of times. I watched it, you know, the first time when I rented it, like the day it came out or whatever. Um, I've shown it to some other people. Um, you know, my friends that also like Animal Collective and stuff like that. So I've seen it a few times. It's it's definitely like grown on me. I've definitely had time to like think about it and parse through, you know, the um the, the disorganization because I'm with you. It is very disorganized, which I think is somewhat purposeful. But for this recording, when I rewatched it and I was like, oh, you know, I, I have all these thoughts on it. I was like, let me dive into, you know, like you said, the person who made this. It's actually directed uh, by someone named Marnie Ellen Hertzler. Uh, this is her first feature film. Um, feature is, you know, kind of, it just crosses the mark. It's 73 minutes long, that type of thing. And so I looked into it. I was like, well, what else has she done if this is her first feature? She has three other short films. Um, you can find them all on her website, which I'll put the link to in the show notes. They're all 11 minutes long. Um, I just wanted to briefly touch on some of these because I think they, they kind of lead the runway and it gave me a little more understanding into like the mindset of this, this filmmaker. Um, her first short is called Growing Girl from 2017. It's an 11 minute long PowerPoint presentation about snakes, but it's intercut with animations of women facing harassment in like an office workplace setting. And it relates the snakes and the facts presented about them to the women and what they have to go through in a, you know, air quotes, man's world. It's very well put together. It's just a topic that I feel like I'm so, you know, done with. I'm so not done with in the sense that I don't want to hear about it or I don't think it's real or anything, but it's like, I, you know, I've, I've heard that story. Everybody go watch The Assistant. The Assistant is the best version of, of, you know, the, the workplace harassment stuff. Um, that's another movie, Ben. You would say nothing happens. <laughs> um, but cut forward to 2018. Um, she, she does a short film called Hi, I Need to Be Loved. And this is where the spam email comes in. This is actually, this is like a fairly interesting idea. There's, this is like a two, two parts short film. The first half is people like sitting in front of a camera and reading spam emails off of a teleprompter. And it's really interesting because all these different people, you know, they just, they don't have context. They're just sat down and they say, you know, just read this as it comes across the teleprompter in like however you think it should be read. And it's interesting to see different people read like the same spam emails, you know, cold and some cry, some scream, you know, they're all trying to reach different emotions. It's, it's, it's kind of one of like those old, you know, 
um, studies in emotion and film and stuff where you'd have like uh, like there's old examples of like you'd have a person just sit and they're facing the camera and you know you'd have different music play over it and you'd show it to different people and they'd all think the person has like a different emotion or something like that um, but mm-hmm. then the second half is some of the same people like I guess those people at the start got hired or whatever it's three vignettes of people reading the same spam emails again but in some situation so like one like one woman is like a stripper or something and she's like putting on makeup and she says like in your recent recent cash settlement you know there was money you didn't know about and stuff like that but there's one mm-hmm. that like I I thought it was so fucking funny where it's this dude and like the camera pans through an unfinished house like it's a house that you know is is in construction and so there's still like all these tarps on the wall and you know uh, floors are unfinished and stuff like that and it gets to like this guy standing at a counter cutting onions and there's like hundreds of onions like there's like so many fucking onions in this shot it's unbelievable like you have to see it and when the camera like gets to him he looks up from cutting onions and he starts reading one of the spam emails that starts with like i am at mcdonald's where are you please give me another chance and i'm gonna put the clip in because i didn't write the whole thing down but he's going off and he's going and he's like you know saying things and it ends with him looking at the camera tearing up because he's cutting onions and he says you know please don't let me without an answer sent from my samsung galaxy smartphone <laughs> and i lost it i was like that's fucking great that they had him read that part of the spam email <laughs> I'm at McDonald's. Where are you? Are you coming or no? I need a yes or a no. Please just give me one last chance. Please don't let me without answer. Sent from my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. And so when I watched that one, I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little more sense of like the, like, like the, the first short growing girl, like had the message of, you know, women harassment in the workplace. This one was way more abstract. And I'm like, I don't really know what, you know, Marnie Ellen Hertzler's going for, but it, it hit me in a certain way. And then her third short film in 2019 is called Dirt Daughter, which is the the kind of weirdness I need in my life. Um, it tells the story of a security guard of a large building who is incredibly lonely. Like, I think she just broke up with her boyfriend or something. It seems like no one works in this building. 
Um, like she does like her rounds every night or every hour or whatever it is. And she finds this door marked 49B and she seems confused about it and she can't open it. There's this janitor that she knows who presents as male, like full on presents as male, but is pregnant and it's never really addressed. Um, and, and you know, that just kind of happens. But one night she's called to room 49B and when she goes in there, there's a talking, like, computer. Like, there's a terminal, and it's talking. It's like um, Karen, like the Plankton's computer from SpongeBob. Like, it has a very similar voice. And this computer's talking to the security guard, and the computer's saying things like, you know, I have access to, like, I'm the brains of this building. Like, I collect all this data. I've been watching you, and I know what you're looking for, companionship. And she And the computer, like, you know turns on the terminal and it's like, I, and I found this website that I think would be the best case scenario for you to find companionship and it's farmersonly.com. And the, the security guard is like, okay, I guess I'm going to sign up for farmersonly.com and she needs a photo and she's like, oh, I, I can't really take a photo in my, you know, security guard uniform. So she orders a bunch of like country girl clothes and like a farm set from Amazon, and, you know, she sets it up, and she gets the janitor, who has now had his baby, um, to do, like, a photo shoot of her just kind of, like, dancing around in, like, country girl, like, clothes, and this, this, like, really janky farm set, you know, it's, like, a 2D barn, and, like, one bale of hay, and, like, a, like, a cutout, cardboard cutout of a pig, and stuff like that, and she does the photo shoot, she, like, dances around a little bit, and then it ends, and I, I finished this, and I was, like, I don't. Have, I have no fucking clue what I just watched, but it is right up my alley. <laughs> so this this kind of let me realize it's like Marnie Ellen Hertzler. She she is trying to do something, you know, art installation wise. Like I I think that she is. She sees Crestone, which I'm sure we'll get into more, as this finished product for these weird artistic reasons that she has. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's not going to click with everybody. I mean, clearly, Ben, as you're going to tell us, it didn't click with you like it, you know, clicked with me after however many viewings. Um, but she clearly has a vision, and she's sticking to that vision. And I have to say I appreciate that. What do you think? Uh, I guess I'm kind of interested in these short films. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, um. I I don't know that I can agree that there's a vision for this. Uh, I, I'm definitely – I guess I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Okay, okay. So, so yeah, Crestone. Let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, from everything I can find, um, this is – this is legit. Like, these people do or did. I, I can't find the GoFundMe page anymore. Um, it seems to just be erased from the internet. Um, uh, this civilization that they have in Crestone, it seems to be legit. Like, this, there was some talk when I was reading articles online. They were like, is this real? You know, are these just people? Like, do they stage all this just for this, you know, in air quotes, documentary and type of thing? It seems mm -hmm. like it's actually legit. You know, from all the Instagram posts you can find of these, you know, these, these characters, we've got, like, Fong, we got Shampoo Sloppy, we got Hi, My Name's Ryan, um, you know, Akeem and all this stuff. It, like, this was legitimate, it seems, which, which is good from everything I can find, you know. Of course, if there's some, some grand scheme going on, I, I think that's beside the point, you know, whether this is real or fake. I, I just wanted to get that out there that it seems like this wasn't, you know, completely staged. I think some things were staged for weird ways. But, okay, so I guess, you know, like you said, Ben, after finishing it, you know, you don't have really um, any, any, any much more to say about it. I guess the place I want to start, since this is the music series, there are two 
you know, technically, in air quotes, music videos intertwined in this movie. Two full yep. songs, yep. I would say. Um, what, what do you think about those songs, uh, these, these SoundCloud rappers? And once again, when they, when they say SoundCloud rappers, I think they mean they're using the general term these days of, you know, people who are independently creating music and just releasing on the Internet. You know, there's actually really no mention of SoundCloud in this movie at all. It's all Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it really, it really is just this notion of, you know, they're, they're independent artists trying to just release things on the Internet. But we do get those two music videos. There's one from Keem and there's one from um, Hi, My Name's Ryan. Um, I guess I wanted to start there with that music. What are your thoughts? Because you are the um, the uh, the as we've talked about on Song Screed, you know, we love our rap and our hip hop and stuff like that. So, what do you think about those two? Uh, honestly, I, I thought the rap was kind of bad. Um, <laughs> I I definitely like. I don't know. I I I I can kind of appreciate like what they were trying to do lyrically, but I just I felt like they didn't hit the mark. Um ever uh and there were there were definitely scenes where like we saw them kind of like practicing or or maybe even just brainstorming their lyrics Mm -hmm. and i i did like seeing that they like at times switched the lyrics and changed them up because they didn't work so well and then they found a way to make them work a little better um so i definitely appreciated that i'm having trouble really thinking of the content like one of them was like the, the this guy singing about what this this girl left him or is in the process of leaving him something like that yeah yeah he, he says something like i like uh we haven't talked in a while because i don't want to hear you say it's over or something like that mm-hmm. which i that i that i like i mean I, I i appreciate that idea of him like knowing it's over and and um kind of avoiding that reality um but overall it was just it was not it didn't feel super inspired sure. uh it didn't it didn't feel like it was any deeper than the actual like story content of the lyrics, if that makes sense. No, no, for sure, for sure. And then even you know, I'm 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 glad you mentioned that first one from Keem because those those lyrics seem to be getting at something. You know, like you said with the with this woman and or this girl or whoever leaving him or in the process of leaving him, it's, it's dealing with relationships. The second one from Hi, my name's Ryan. You know, he he seems to just be dropping video game references every five words, and that should make a good song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That. I I'm with you. I don't really like any of the music. These uh, the these rap. I guess we should say they are part of their crew, as they're called. All these people who live out in this Crestone Desert. Uh, they call themselves Dead God. Um, I don't oh really like any of the any of the music they're creating. It seems. Well, there's one part where there's just like a beat someone's playing on a computer, and that kind of oh, yeah. that kind of slaps. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I can get into this, but that's <laughs> like 20 seconds or something. But all um, the, all the actual stuff, I'm just like, yeah, this is uh, this is not. It sounds like what I'd think of if I went on Instagram and looked up independent rappers. I feel like this is what I'd get. <laughs> sure. Uh, what's the? Um, <clears throat> I, I think it was Keem who like. Talks about what dead God means to him. Does that? I think is that so. King? Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, it's like deading the things that are about you that aren't good. Like you got to dead them, and then like, <laughs> and you know, when you're dead in God, like that's like the biggest thing. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Oh, like, yeah. I, oh yeah. I'm sure that I didn't get any of what he said right, but that's that's what it meant to me. 
when sure. he, when he sure. was speaking. I'm, I'm glad and, you bring this up because this is actually uh, – this is something I'm, uh, we should probably start here. I think that we can, we can both agree, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. When we hear these, these characters talk, you know, anybody, whether it be any of the rappers, whether it be the sound producer who has like the drone with the VR headset and stuff like that, anytime we hear them talk – they're saying things that are, you know, straight out of, you know, super stoner hippie shit. Like, there's the one thing where he's like, who am I to say if the world is flat or not? The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. I think it is so arrogant to think that aliens don't exist and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that you, well, he, you and I, Ben, we can agree th- this is just nonsense to us, right? <laughs> well, so it's it's like the first time that somebody decides to think outside of the box mixed (laughs) with drugs. Sure. Sure. Well, and okay. And then there, there's one guy who's just like, this could all be a simulation. You know, like sometimes it gets glitchy (laughs) and I'm like, no, that is the drugs. Like that is literally like there, there's nothing about reality that, that is glitchy. Yes. yes, Unless it's human made or, you're on drugs. And I, I think that that line comes pretty soon after we see, um, you know, two of the characters split like a pill that they found in a yeah, random some, dilapidated some Xanax house. or something. Yes, yes, exactly. It's like, oh, dude, I found some Xanax. Like, don't tell anybody we're going to split this. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, and then shit kind of gets glitchy sometimes. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, shit gets glitchy when you, you barely drink any water. All you do is smoke weed and then take random pills from dilapidated houses. <laughs> yeah, that that was some, some free shit. Um, I think in that same the same bit though, where he's like, "Who am I to say that the Earth is round or yeah, flat?" Yeah, he's like I don't think it's either. He's just like, "I've been to the top of a mountain. I didn't see any curvature. Like you, the the rays here, <laughs> oh, the Earth can't be that big." Yes, yes. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" Absolutely, 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 it can be that big. <laughs> and you're an idiot. Yes, yes. So, so you're, Ben, you're not wrong. I mean, even just I just want to keep on this because there I wrote down a lot of the quotes from these characters that you know is is just they're just so kind of off the wall. Like, there's one where the the guy's like, "I don't really have dreams. I have nightmares," and he's like, "Something's chasing me. Even if nothing's chasing me, it's like energy, and it's still chasing me." I know it wants to get me. Whatever it is, it's always a chase. And I'm just like, I'm like, do you, I'm like, it's like they don't, they don't remember the last sentence they said when they start the next sentence, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, some, sometimes like when you're too drunk and we're we're trying to do an episode, it's like that. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. So I, I, I am in total agreeance with you. And I think most people, you know, unless they're like a, a high school kid that, you know, like you said, smoked weed and had a, had a shower thought for the first time, they're going to yeah. listen to this and be like, what? What are these people fucking talking about, you know? Um, and I, I definitely felt that way the first time I watched it. I, I feel that way now when I think about these lines. I, I've come to, to kind of, I, I guess, rationalization. I was about to say realize. I think rationalization is probably the better way for me to put it. I've kind of rationalized it is that's not the point of this. I don't think that the movie, you know, once again, movie, this this um, motion picture, it is technically a motion picture. Um, I don't think it's really saying that it's like, oh, these people have the ideas to change the universe. I don't think it's saying it's like this is the next step in evolution or anything like that. And this is the way that society should go. I think it's more of a th- this is I guess the, the way to frame it is I've started to think of this movie as like a a study of humans as animals. And and what I mean by that is we have humans in this 
very strange environment, you know, this this almost completely isolated from society environment, yet completely connected to the internet. And we see a lot of technology that they have. You know, the drone, all the sound equipment that they have, all the speakers, yeah, all the... they don't have running water, but they have electricity and internet. Yes, yes. And it's it's such a weird situation. And I, I feel that, you know, we're looking at these these people as, you know, almost a study of 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 as animals it's almost like we're looking at them through the lens of like you know the 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 tv you know the window into cinema is like the glass between us as the visitors and them in the zoo type of thing because this is very much contained to the um i believe it's the sonoran desert in um colorado out in crestone um which is about four and a half hours away from me um if i ever wanted to drive down there and see if i could pop in um they'd probably shoot me or something or you know uh, they might give you a piece of bread and then expect you to put it in your shirt. Hot bread. <laughs> hot bread, uh, yeah, bed of hot. no bread. <laughs> so, this bologna's for my friends. So, yeah, this apple is for me. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're, that's going to come up in snacks again, of course. But So, so I've, I've, I kind of started to think, I, once I like stopped listening to, well, I mean, not listening to what they're saying, um, you know, when I just thought it's like, oh, you know, these are, these things, these things that these people are saying, I think the first thing that really started to hit me when I really started to well, the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, that was interesting. That was really weird, you know, type of thing. As I've watched it more, I've I've grown to love it. I've started to think where it's like, I've picked it up on you know all these people, with exception of a few you know emotional moments. All these characters, whenever they're interviewed or whether we have voiceover from you know Keem or Hi, my name's Ryan or Shampoo Sloppy or whatever, they speak so like languorously. They speak so like. Every word has so much weight. Like it's almost like they're struggling to get some of the words out. Like they're they're mumbling. They're... They probably are. They haven't had water in so long. No, no. I, and I'm with you. And I'm with you. But I I I love that that happens. We hear them say these things, and it's like almost tough to get these words out. And then the juxtaposition of them rapping and them singing and them creating is completely different. They they hit their flow, you know. And that's when I started to come around in this movie, and I'm like, oh, it's it's this study of humans as animals where, you know, they're in this zone of music. I mean, they're out here to create. They're out here to, you know, to to create music, to release it to the world, almost seemingly, you know, not for any bigger purpose, just to get it out there. And and I, I started to really fall in love with this juxtaposition of, you know, something that I felt, and we've talked about on, on Song Screed before, Ben. It's like, you know, you might have trouble speaking your words sometimes, but somehow in the creative zone, they, they flow more freely. And I, I started to think, it's like, oh, this, this movie is really exemplifying that with this strange group of people. Does that make some sense? Yeah, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I, I don't know that I want to give it this much artistic credit. Um, but I understand what you're saying. Sure. It, it could be the case that that's, that that's what's going on. Uh, or, the, or, you know, that that's what the, this creator was trying to get at is this juxtaposition between existing and how difficult that is for these people, um, and creating, which, which seems to be a, maybe less difficult for them. Yeah, yeah, and and the other thing on that on that notion, the the thing that I I'm this last viewing that I right, really hit me is is the thing that I think kind of solidified it. Where you know I think I think um you know whether or not you like this movie, I think it is refreshing in the extent that this is sincere. 
Like, I, I kind of love the fact that, you know, Marnie Ellen Hertzler, the director and the narrator, and we get to see her on camera and stuff like that. Like, she is clearly very sincere about following these people and, you know, and collecting this footage. Whether it be disorganized at the end of the day, I think, you know, it, this movie bleeds with the sincerity of her actually wanting to capture what these well, people are going through. So she starts off the movie by saying that she went out there to actually film a movie. Yes, yes. Uh, and I definitely get the impression that the movie we see is not the movie they intended to film. Definitely, definitely. Um, so some of the stuff that's, like, scripted that we see, it seems like it's scripted for that movie that they were intending to film. Uh, and it's not clear if they ever actually did that or not. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, there's definitely some some, like... Uh, evolution that this movie goes through where you're right it starts off almost very very structured i mean there's even that shot at the beginning um which which i want to talk about more how we get to see some of like the behind the scenes stuff where what we see like shampoo sloppy go into a yurt and then she's like oh no let's do that again and we see him like come out and then go back in and then it like cuts to like the actual footage which would have been i guess the in like the edit in the final product and right. so it definitely seems like it starts off where she wanted some structure and then that almost like falls apart uh, you know, it's a short movie once again, so it falls apart pretty quickly. Also, this movie was shot over eight days, and I definitely think I'm with you that you know the the initial goal is different from you know what ended up happening for sure. Um, but I I feel the the sincerity from the filmmaker that you know she wants to capture this stuff, and um, and like she says, they're high school friends and all that stuff and whatever you know she talks about these people, so they know each other. But the other thing that really hit me on this last viewing is the sincerity of these you know characters of these these dead god people that they really do care about you know what they're they're trying to do it seems at least that's that's what i took you know whether it be shampoo sloppy trying to lead you know this self-sustaining village it seems like he really bleeds you know caring about this and the thing that i i that really hit me on this last viewing is there's never any mention of like doing this to get famous like, imagine a different movie where it's like, oh, we're going out to a commune of SoundCloud rappers. You would interview them, and they'd be like, man, I just need that one viral hit, and I'll get picked up by a label, and I'll be able to live the good life. There's no mention of that. They're all just, there's, there's no mention of being famous, of record labels. They're all just doing it seemingly to be creative. And I think it's really telling that every time the movie cuts to, like, an Instagram story, it all has zero likes. Like, they all have, like, never been posted or something, it seems. So they all have no recognition. And I feel that that comes across as so sincere that we're looking at people who are just looking for pure creativity, whether it be in the filmmaker or these, uh, you know, rappers, these artists, that I, I, I find it really refreshing. I mean, it's kind of like we haven't seen something this sincere since Speed Racer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from with the sincerity. I definitely with the... I almost call him Samurai Shampoo, Shampoo Sloppy. <laughs> I, I'm glad you uh, said that. I thought about that every time when he's like Shampoo Sloppy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what Shampoo means, uh, but I definitely am now under the impression that it means something. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, but no, I. So yes, they they are very much out there because they want to be creative, but in reality, it seems like they're out there because they couldn't deal with reality. Like, that was definitely the, the impression I got, is that they just, they couldn't hack it in normal society. 
that's the or big they, question for me is I would love to know more about what their lives were like, like when they were all high school friends or something like that. Like what well, did they go through that led them to because they're all so Marnie Allen Hertz is from Baltimore. Since they're all high school friends, I'm assuming a lot of them are from Baltimore as well. Like that's a trek to the Colorado desert. Sure. Yeah, I, I definitely um, especially with like sloppy. He he like there's such a contradictory notion where he's just like we're all attached to this technology all the time and we have to come out here to the, to be away from it. But then their, their entire purpose of making movies and making music is all centered on technology and their, their Instagram is like all centered on technology. So like, I kind of feel like this is just their version of being homeless and that they're not right. (laughs) Sure. Sure. No, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, um, and and that's and that's once again I think you said it best where it's like I'm 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 a little more willing to give the artistic credit to to anybody you know I'm, I'm I love to do that whether it be me you know imparting my own beliefs on something whether or not the artist truly intended it but I am with you that I, I'm on the fence with some of the artistic credit in this movie um, like I said rationalization is probably the best way for it but I'm glad you brought up the technology thing because you're right it is so contradictory like. Like, even when we get that shot of the GoFundMe page with the video of, of, you know, Sloppy saying all that stuff about, like, I don't think humans get to live anymore, you know, we're all connected and all that stuff. And he's, like, in some house and he has, like, his headset on and he has a really good camera and all that stuff. And right. um, and I really wish I could have fucking found that GoFundMe page, but it seems to be, like, gone completely. Um, but did you see his goal was, like, $80,000? Yes, or yes. And with, with, once again, which I love, it had zero donations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Real quick on the topic of that uh, GoFundMe page, did you see the date that it was started? No, I didn't. August 15th, 2019. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so August 15th has become like, um, I don't know, there's, there's some name for that where uh, it keeps popping up in... In, in weird ways, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. This contradictory nature of technology and, you know, this whole thing of, um, you know, they're always, they're always on their phones. They're always taking pictures. There's a lot of great shots of, like, you know, like a beautiful, like, sand dune, you know, horizon. But the camera doesn't film the horizon. It films someone holding their phone in their hand taking a picture of the horizon. Right. And so, like, everything for these people is filtered through the Internet. And, and it is so contradictory, but near the end of the movie... There, there's this idea of like well, I think when Marnie Ellen Hertzler is narrating, she starts talking about what I think you know is starting to get at something that's a little more profound than I, I don't know if she intended about social media, about this connectivity of social media. She she says things like, um, you know, these people, all these all these rappers, you know, whether they're in the desert, whether they're back home or anything like that, wherever they are. Like, they're just always constantly moving through life. And, of course, once again, that sounds like, you know, first time I ever smoked weed shower thought type of thing. It's like, I'm always moving through life, man. You know, but yeah. it's like they're always constantly moving. And, and, yeah, and, and they – everything is always rapidly changing around them. But this connection to social media lets them – and they don't say this explicitly, but what I took from it is it lets them snapshot, save, create, and control their reality as they see fit. And and there's even a line earlier where it's where um you know she's saying something like um oh god it's a great line I have to put the clip in because I, I don't think I got it right in my notes but she says something like um, sloppy once told me a story about how he picked up Shia LaBeouf on the side of the road it also involved aliens 
I don't know if it's true or not. And then she goes on to say where she's like, I guess, you know, they're, they're like these people, like their, their performance and transforming into what's going to get them views on the Internet is like bleeding into their own personality. Like performance and being became indistinguishable. And she even says something like they're the most unreliable characters I could ask for, which is, I think, a great fucking sentence for a filmmaker, whether you be artistic or, you know, like a, a, like a, a box office, you know, uh, major play or anything like that. But I... She gets at this idea, I think she even says, she's like, don't believe everything you see on the internet, you know? Like, when, when someone goes out and puts something on, like, TikTok or whatever, I'm going to use TikTok a lot in this example, even though Instagram is what's in this movie. I think TikTok's the talk of the town these days. But she says, like, don't believe everything you see on the internet. And then she immediately is like, but at the same time, maybe you should believe things on the internet because people need something to believe in. And I'm like, that's, I'm like, that. I don't know if you're getting it exactly what I'm thinking, but that's a really neat idea that social media and this is, you know, maybe as a little tangent away from this movie and using this as a runway to this discussion, I wanted to pick your brain on, Ben. Social media these days for the kids that grew up with it, because once again, Ben and I are are old men. Uh, We grew up in a time, you know where basically what MySpace was our middle school or something like that. So we didn't have, like, you know, Instagram. Facebook was late high school, I think, for me when I first got a Facebook or something like that. Um, We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have all these. Vine wasn't even a thing. Snapchat wasn't a thing. We didn't have this constant connectivity that these kids have these days. And I kind of think, you know, this movie started to make me think about how you know, when she says, don't believe everything you see on the internet, but maybe you have to believe because people need something to believe in. And that's, that's true of human nature. I think people do need something to believe in. I can't really fathom, if you grow up in the social media age, how do you not see social media as the thing you have to believe in? And let me use an example. It, it's, it shows up on all the, uh, the cringe sites and all the cringe subreddits on, on uh, Reddit and stuff like that. But there's a big trend of, like, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers and, and younger people, I should say, um, in, in air quotes, I think I shouldn't even say air quotes because I think it's pretty certain, faking, like, disorders. Like, there's a lot of, like, you know, oh, dis- yeah. dissociative identity. Okay, so you're familiar with it, but, like, faking dissociative identity disorders, like having alters and stuff like that, you know, creating these, these personas, like, believing they're a vampire, believing they're, you know, a werewolf, whatever the hell it is, you know. I, I feel that, you know, while I, I do, I love going on, like, what, cringe-topia on Reddit and looking at all the terrible things that you little kids are doing on TikTok, but... I kind of started to think when I – this movie made me start to think where I'm like, well, kind of – maybe these kids need something to believe in. Like if, if they're so forced into social media, which I think they're, they are, you know, I think these days if you go to – like from what I've heard from like my friends that have like middle school kids or middle school teachers, it's like, you know, the school districts are almost like they use social media to their advantage. You almost have to be on social media. They, they start to find something to believe in that is believing things on the internet. And they see someone else doing this thing of, you know, like, once again, faking a disorder or whatever you want to call it, or believing there's some other type of, of being or things like that. And they kind of say, it's like, well, oh, that, that's what I can latch on to. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I think I kind of am starting to understand maybe why it's happening. Like, the, the human motivation for believing in something. And... And I, I kind of also think that, you know, that gets at the contradictory nature you're saying. They, this group of rappers call themselves dead god. But I think the god of these, this modern era, maybe this is too bold of a statement, but I think you'll know what I'm saying. The god of this modern era to humanity is social media, is connectivity, is the internet, is being connected to technology. I know I threw a lot at you, Ben, but what do you, what do you think about any of that? Um, so the first, the first thing that kind of came to mind is that, that dude talks about dead god 
deading the things that need to be dead. <laughs> sure, yes. Whatever, whatever the fuck he's talking about. Uh, he, he actually kind of is hitting on like a, a deeper uh, philosophical point, which is that there are parts of your personality that are incorporated into your personality, but they're not actually who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that you've, that you've learned from watching people um, and that they don't truly represent you. And some, some of them do, some of them don't. Um, and th- there's this idea of like burning the dead wood uh, or on you, like the, de- the dead wood being the parts of you that are not actually true. And, and so to some degree, like there, there is like this deeper meaning behind what he said with this dead godding thing. Um, and to, to connect that to the social media idea, like it is definitely the case for youngsters that social media is life. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know that I would, um, Actually, no, I, I, I guess I'm going to go with it because you called it the, the God of today. Um, and, and to some degree, that that's not wrong. Uh, and, and essentially what I mean by that is it happened. I don't remember, I don't know the dates. I'm, I'm not well established in this area, but I, but I do know that um, scientists kind of came along and uh, there was this kind of philosophical move away from believing in, in a, a God, like an actual deity. Um and in in response to that, essentially what happened is there was this vacuum left in society uh, where people used to have this foundational belief of God, uh, but now they, if they started to s- subscribe to these these like scientists who are supposed to be the best and brightest of, of our time, um, then coming and telling you it's like, well, you know, there's obviously these contradictions in the Bible, therefore God's not real, whatever, whatever their justification is for that statement. If you believe that without putting anything else there, then you don't have a, a foundation um, to who you are as a person. And I, I don't think, for instance, that science can be that foundation mm-hmm. because science is not a thing that tells you – science is a thing that tells you what is. It is not a thing that tells you how to be. And, and God and religion were the thing that told you how to be. And now like what, what you're talking about is, is really talking about – social media becoming the thing that tells you how to be. Yes. And that is incredibly fucking dangerous. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, it hadn't occurred to me that this could be the case. I, I had never thought about this as, as social media being like the new religion, but it really is in that sense that it, that it is a, a thing that informs you on how you're supposed to behave. Um, and that's terrifying because, for one, there's there's no checks and balances. We're just getting kind of the worst of humanity um, because it's whatever became popular at a given moment, like faking your fucking disorders so that you can get attention and likes, and and you you end up with this this whole this whole foundation for your existence being based on getting people to click on your videos or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So the behavior that you're mimicking is the most attention seeking behavior that you could have um, by definition, because that's entirely what it is, is attention seeking. And there's definitely something terrible to attention seeking. I, I don't know that you agree with me to, to the, to the extent that I mean it, 
But I think that seeking attention is probably one of the worst things people can do. Um, if you, I, I want to clarify that a little bit because obviously there's a certain amount of attention you need as a person, um, love, affection, that, that kind of thing. But I'm talking about attention from like a broader audience, um, from all of your peers or everybody in the same room as you at, at a mall or whatever. Like you don't, we don't need people to be seeking attention. It's kind of like a very unflattering and disgusting thing to see. Um, but it is the thing that people can then mimic uh, because of social media. Um, I, the idea that it is the God of today is very interesting. I think, I think you're getting it at exactly, you know, what I, what I was saying and to, to further it, the like social media has, probably exacerbated the problem of of attention seeking because you're right of course you know we're not talking about the attention that you know everybody needs to to live and be like a a functioning human or anything like that but it's it's easy you know just in for any person it's easy to say it's like oh i'm gonna feel better about myself you know if i get attention and then that's exacerbated by social media because not only do can they get attention but then get validation for that attention with the likes with the views and things like that Right. Where it's like, you know, back in the day before social media, like you're right, like, take the example with like being in a mall. Like if you're going to cause a scene in a mall because you want attention, you're probably just going to get weird looks and you might be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that or something like that. But now, I don't know if Ben's seen it, you have like people on TikTok going into malls, causing scenes, filming it. Everybody at the actual mall is like, well, what the fuck are these people doing? But then they post it on TikTok and they get like a million likes and it's validating the bad attention seeking behavior that. Is, is that we don't want that, like you said, is incredibly dangerous, and and I think, like I said, it's easy to say, oh, I'm gonna feel better about myself because I get validation from other people, I get that attention that I I feel is gonna make me feel better. But it's almost like you know, it's like the weed that they're smoking, it's like the drug. They're not really focusing on fixing themselves or or becoming comfortable with themselves as a person. They're just saying, well, oh, if I act this way, then I'm gonna be good because I have validation through social media, and I'm with you. That's super dangerous. Well, and it's you also get the so there's this thing where where we kind of like watching other people experience things that we don't like sure um so you you almost have like this dangerous is the only word for it, this feedback where people are giving you validation because you're doing exactly the things they would hate to have happen to them in, in real life mm-hmm. and and that like you're we are creating monsters um, for for the lulls, I guess. Yeah, I mean that. Once again, that's probably also is very dangerous. Where you know the the attention, you know, it, laughter. Laughter seems to be like, oh, that's the best response I can get, type of thing. And whether you know it takes me, you know, hurting myself, you know, physically, like falling down or whatever. Whether it takes me, you know, pranking somebody else and hurting them. It, like you said, it's all for the lulls because laughter seems to be like the key response, type of thing. Right. Yeah, that's, and then I got, well, so it's fucking to take this even back to their name, dead God. Um, was it, was it Nietzsche that, that proclaims like God is dead? That statement is about exactly the thing I was talking about yeah. like where scientists have in, in you know, air, air quotes, they killed God by invalidating him from this like logical perspective and, and a lot of people think of that quote as being something like triumphant, but it was not triumphant. Mm-hmm. It was distress. It was God is dead. What's now? Like, what do we do now? Um, is essentially is the, the, the context for that statement is like, what, 
can replace this. And and these people, so like, honestly, in a lot of ways, I kind of think of these people as like the worst people that could ever exist. Uh, these these dead god people. They don't get me wrong. There are parts of them that are redeemable, but then then there's other parts where like they just are breaking into houses and stealing things because people are evacuating for a fire. Yep. Yep. So like as far as we know, that's that's a legitimate thing that actually happened. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, start of the um of the cave scene, which I I want to talk more about the cave scene because that's fucking insane that whole cave scene. But it starts with them walking you know through the desert up to the cave, and they're like, well, we heard this dude like outfitted it so he could live there, and they're like, let's go ransack it, let's go take it over, like let's make his stuff our stuff, and it's like, whoa. Doesn't that have some issues with like kind of the whole you know self-sustaining village you're kind of talking about, like hurting outsiders and things like that? Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I I kind of love that scene because I had subtitles on, and so one of the guys was like, "Yeah, let's go ransack it," and then someone else was like, "Yeah, let's go ramshack it." Yes. Oh, yeah. That's it's, right. <laughs> and he's like, "No, ram ransack." He's like, "Yeah, let's go ramsack it." <laughs> it's like I don't, it's I don't know. I, I thought that was so funny. Um, Oh, but no, it's it's absolutely yeah. disturbing. Absolutely, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, and and that that's really the point where you know as I as I watch this movie and I'm like, okay, you know, I I, I have a respect for anybody that like has a devotion to creativity, you know, of course. Um, then they get to the whole thing of like, well, fuck it, you know, let's just go steal shit from people. I'm like, ah, no, 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 that's that you're turning on. I'm turning on you now, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's. Well, I mean, we see him. We see him in the cave scene. We see him at the end, like breaking mm-hmm. into the house. We see him. Uh, Whatever they're they're ramshacking the uh, the abandoned trailer, <laughs> that one's not as bad. That's an abandoned trailer, you know. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Well, that one but, is like super dilapidated. Like the roof's falling through and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. 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 But one of them's yeah. jumping on a door to break it. That. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just. Yeah. Uh, no. But then it, I mean, it's kind of a dumb person because there's not like the way he's jumping. Like the door's on the floor. <laughs> like he's not. He's not gonna break it. <laughs> Absolutely. Not, not in any kind of like satisfying way. Yeah, I think we in the in the quick shot of it we get it's just like a little cracked, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah the the outer layer of it's broken and he's like he's you know through the frame he's standing on the other layer. It's like you're not gonna, like you're not yeah. gonna break it any more than you've broken it unless you. Unless you put it up on some sawhorses or something. Exactly. Like that. It, it yeah. totally comes across as like a kid jumping on the bed, you know? Yes. And, oh, yeah. and, and it just it just shows kind of the um, – the there, there is definitely, I think, you know, with the um, with what we were saying about how it's like they, they smoked weed for the first time and had a shower thought for the first time. It, it There is a level of immaturity to these people, these um, these these characters. And I think oh, that they're goes – immature. Absolutely. And I think that goes into what you were saying about, you know, it's, it's quite possible. It probably is very likely that, you know, they couldn't – um, you know, cut it in the real world, or or they had some bad experiences and and decided to to go out into this into the desert and and live you know isolated. I, God, that's that's something that is a little baffling to me. Like, I don't understand how they had electricity and internet. Oh no, no, um, I'm 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 still very confused about that. <laughs> like they, because I mean they have enough electricity to like charge a drone and charge up all their phones, and they have a, a computer and. And internet, and I don't know, maybe maybe that GoFundMe was actually created before they went to Crestone. Yeah, it, he could, was like, it could be, I don't know. Uh, but but they all have phones, and they're all, like, doing their Instagram recordings on their phones and shit. And it's just like, wh- where are they that they can't get running water, but they can get internet? Yeah, they they do have the working stove for the uh, baloney at that one point. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, they do. They, uh, I don't know if it was a gas stove or an electric stove, but they have... Um, 
oh my god and i was just reminded of did did you see the raw chicken on that pizza cardboard circle <laughs> yeah yeah what the fuck there's some crazy shit in this movie no you're right it's, it is so contradictory it's it's so it's so strange and that that's the thing i think it's like you know on on that on the the first viewing um in general, I say first view. I'm not saying like you, me, or anything, but it's like you know. I feel like at first viewing, people could get so bogged down by saying it's like, well, what are these people doing out in the desert? Why are they saying things that make no sense? Why are they so immature and stuff like that? But then it's kind of it's like one of those images that you see on a website, and they go, "The longer you look, the stranger it gets." And that's how I feel as I watch this movie more. And, and you, as, as clearly saying, you know, paying attention to some of these details. It just gets stranger and stranger. It's almost like this black hole of contradictory notions that, you know, the movie, the motion picture never gets out of. You know, God, you might have just convinced me that there's something going on here um, <laughs> or, or I've convinced myself. Uh, so, so, you know, I brought up the, the Bible and religion and this whole God is dead yeah. thing. Um, so one of the things that that led to that God is dead thing is is this interpretation of the Bible as as a logical or scientific document, oh, sure. which it's definitely not. And if you look at it as such, it, it there are things in it that obviously are not true. I guess from that, I mean, I don't want to say they're they're not true in the sense that maybe they. Uh, no, they probably didn't happen. They, I, I'm not a, a fundamental Bible literalist. I think a lot of things in the Bible didn't happen. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm with you. You're saying they're more allegorical than you know. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so they're looking at it as this like scientific or like this this actual like record keeping document, whereas it's, it's probably more of like an allegorical um, storytelling, you know, that that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, one of the things that that leads to that is this kind of like grandiose idea that like science came along and it's like, it is now the only thing that we should ever look at the world through. And now when we look at the Bible through it, it's clear that the Bible is a, a you know, a useless piece of, of trash or whatever. Sure. And we need to throw it out. And like, now I'm thinking about like looking at this movie, it's like from the, from that same kind of up on your high horse perspective, a lot of this shit just doesn't make sense. And maybe that's not the point. Maybe the point of this movie is not the things that we're seeing, but what they are trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I, that, yeah, exactly. That's how I've so, kind of grown to see this. And, and to get at that, I one of my notes is, or when I finished this movie for this recording, one of my notes was like, not only did this bleed with sincerity, like I mentioned already, I think this bleeds with spirituality. Like, whether or not I understand their spirituality, their stance on spirituality, yeah. I, I totally feel that, once again, they sincerely believe this spiritual nature of all these weird s strings of words they're putting forward. Well, not only that, but I, I think that there's, like, this, this movie in itself could be an allegory for the death of God. Sure, sure. I mean, I, and, the, I think the first thing uh, Marnie Ellen Hertzler says, her first piece of narration is, this movie is a love letter, this movie is about the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that the end of the world could could definitely be referring to the death of God. That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I I would have to watch it again to, to see if there's enough there to really warrant that belief. But, like, I don't know, just the idea that, like, I've made this this thing that looks contradictory and, and you're going to dismiss it the same way that people dismiss the Bible for yeah. looking contradictory. That's, that's a weird idea. I'm, I'm curious. I, I feel like maybe I'm just, I'm projecting too much onto it and that there's, 
but, but I don't know. It's possible. Absolutely. And at the same time, I'm glad you say project because like I've, I've, I think that's another way from what I've been saying, you know, rationalization. I think this might be one of those like weird art pieces because it is, it is very experimental, of course, like with the disorganization and stuff we said. And I also want to talk about the cinematography, but like it, it could be this weird kind of almost, you know, near blank slate that we have to put something onto. Like that might be, uh, that maybe not might be the intention, but that seems to be like a, a very good purpose of this, of this motion picture, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's like looking at an abstract painting, but as a movie. Yes. Even on to that point, I think, um, you know, one of the last shots of the film is when, um, I think it's what Fong break. He's the first guy to get into the uh, the the abandoned house, like the house, you know, where they they steal the mattress right. and shit like that. When he first goes in through the window, he what he picks up some shirt or something, and we get some establishing shot, and we can see that there's a mirror in the room. But when he like tries the shirt on, he's looking at what where we know the mirror is, but we are look. He's looking at the camera head on, like we are looking at him looking into the mirror, and it really is kind of that idea of reflection and projection. Well, and at that moment, so again, this is like supposed to be is built so much as a documentary. Mm-hmm. There's this moment of like, well, why the fuck is there a camera in there? Yep, absolutely. If, <laughs> so it's like, God, I don't know. Like, this is how how much of it's staged? How much of it's not I, exactly? I that know. was that's something I've always been thinking because not only in that scene, it, it it like screams that you know either either this is staged. Or I staged, and you know, it's it's maybe they're not actually breaking to someone's house. It very well could be staged as like a reenactment or something like that. I feel right. the same way with the cave scene. There's a few shots in the cave scene where like the camera is ahead of the of the the dead god gang, and we see them like peer around a corner and find find the whatever the fuck they find at the end of the cave that you know the body with the Snapchat filter over it, which is yeah. some, I fucking do not understand that you know fully at all. Um, but it's intriguing. But I'm with you. It's like. Is this staged? Is is this something that actually happened and they're recreating it? Is it something that they're doing, you know, where, where like, Marnie Allen Hertzer was like, oh, let's get this scene in here or something like that? So, I don't know. My interpretation of the thing with the cave is, so, like, there's there's scenes where, like, Shampoo Sloppy is, like, dressed up in some really cheap gladiator armor. <laughs> He's got, like, a loincloth. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my interpretation of the cave scene was that that was part of the movie that they were trying to shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the and, and I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe 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 it's more like tell me if this is not what you thought. But I definitely got the the impression that like we were the the documentary at you know in air quotes that that we watched was put together from footage she got while there while she was trying to film a movie. And so there are parts of it that are from the actual like acting uh, that they were doing to try to film this movie. But at the end, they either didn't have enough footage for that, or she made this as like a separate piece. Um, so I, I think that the cave scene, like, I felt like the cave was part of, like, that was a scene from the movie they were trying to film. Yeah, I, I am with you that it, it definitely felt that way to me, for sure. Okay. It, it Because def- it also seemed, um, once again, I, I guess when I, because I thought that that's maybe why I started to think that this was something like, um, uh, when she got on uh, out to Crestone and she met with them the first time and she was asking them about their experiences, maybe one of them, they said, like, oh, we found this cave once and we went into it. Um, and she was like, oh, let's recreate that type of thing. Um, it definitely seemed like it was, you know, staged to some extent. And where, because all that, all that stuff in the cave, just kind of what they, um, you know, there's like a, 
a cooler filled with shit and peanut butter. Um, they, they like steal parsley and stuff like that. Like it all seemed a little too set up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I, I don't know about that, but I, but I will tell you that if you reach into that shit and get the peanut butter, you can have it. <laughs> we, we won't eat any of it. Yes, you, yes. You, you can have it. I do like um, that line where he's like, peanut butter is good protein though, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, God, that was a fucking disaster. There, there that was is some disgusting. He's like, "That's a full." Oh poop. yeah, it's just oh, it's it's really gross. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I I do have to good. say on that on that notion, there is some really like I don't think intentionally, but there's some stuff that like makes me laugh, like cackle hysterically in this movie. One one of them, it maybe not super like hardcore, but I it always gets me when Ryan is introduced. Marnie Ellen Hertzer does the narration. She goes, "This is my friend Ryan. He raps under the name Hi, my name's Ryan." <laughs> Like that, that yeah. just is so stupid. It gets me every time. This is my friend Ryan. He raps under the name Hi, my name is Ryan. But, dude. In the subtitles, it's spelled H I G H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it says on his um, Instagram as well. Um, and so he's they're high all the time, of course. But then the, the scene that really fucking kills me, and I, I know it's not supposed to be like funny, it's the crisis of faith moment. When Shampoo Sloppy freaks out and he's like, what are we doing? Oh, we're, we don't have water. We don't have food. All we do is sit here and we get hot and, and we smoke weed. But, but like the, the impetus of that is his remote control stops working and he is fucking clicking this thing so ferociously. Like I'm going to put the clip in because you can hear it. He's like, and he's just like, he's like hitting it on his hand. He's moving the controller around, like trying to get it to work. And then he just fucking like throws it across the room and he goes, bro, I'm just trying to watch Avatar. I don't know yeah. what it is about that. I laugh hysterically every time. There's something that is just so funny about that to me. I'm just trying to fucking watch Avatar. Like, I don't understand this shit, bro. I don't understand. Like, this shit isn't working. It's so fucking simple. What are we even doing right now? Like, we're sitting in this hot ass fucking room. No fucking water. Like, no fucking food, bro. It's the same shit every fucking day. And I just don't understand how all of y'all just keep acting like this shit is okay. Everyone just keeps smoking their weed. Like, fucking laughing and shit. Eating fucking bologna sandwiches like it's steak. This shit is not cool. This shit is not okay, bro. We gotta hike miles for fucking water. There's no fucking, and nothing's easy anymore, bro. Nothing's simple. What is even happening with us? Hey, how, hey, do you, hey, how do you feel hey, fucking hey, fuck hey, away from me, hey, bro? Hey, what hey, the fuck hey, are you bro. doing? No, bro. No, bro. It's not okay. When have you ate well? When have you slept good? Huh? When have you felt comfortable? We've been doing shit, bro. It's There's something, us. bro. All we have is us. We're brothers. We're always gonna have each other's backs. And I know, like I said, it's supposed to be the crisis of faith moment, but it fucking kills me. Just that line. Bro, I'm just trying to watch Avatar. <laughs> uh, fucking, that whole, that whole scene is so stupid. He's like, but bro, we have each other, bro. Yes. 
yes. Bro, bro, we're bros. Calm down, bro. Calm down, bro. Calm down, bro. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, man. it's that was some shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I get. I, I. One of the things that I thought was kind of uh, hilarious and also stupid about that, he's like, "We're here. We're hot. We're sweaty." And then at the end of it, they like hand him a blunt and they're like, "Yes, get high while you're hot and uncomfortable." Yep. That yep. sounds great. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's not the that's not the best scene. And of course, I, I like once again to use the phrase "crisis of faith." You know, that's what they're going for. But it's it's almost an afterthought because that scene's so quick. Well, yeah. So there's the crisis of faith, but like I, I'm so confused about the movie they thought they were trying to film. Like it, it's I, I guess it's about the end of the world. Is this like w- when is this in that timeline? Because when is he a gladiator? Like mm, I don't understand. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I don't know if it's. I. I guess I've kind of just thought of it. You know, implicitly assumed that it's chronological. But you're right. It could be. We have no no real notion of that. Absolutely. Mm, so unclear. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So. So the other thing. I mean. I. I, yeah, the, I, I to get back to what we were saying earlier. The. Um, uh, it's kind of not just the disorganization. Well, I guess that goes to what we were just saying. The possibility of it being, you know, maybe non non linear, non chronological. The disorganization of it, um, you know, almost it's almost very vignette where scenes kind of don't really connect to each other. Um, like there's one where just they just go and run around the sand dunes, and it's like okay, you know, because we can shoot in the sand dunes, I guess. Um, and but but the thing that when I first watched it, I was like, okay, they're going for documentary. I know that's what this is reported to be, like we've been saying. Um, but then they show, like I mentioned, like some of the behind-the-scenes stuff where they're showing like uh, things that really wouldn't be in the final product of a documentary, like showing that, like, no, no, let's go in this way and like let the camera in first and then close the door, you open it. Like we get to see some of that stuff. The other thing that I picked up on – well, I, I still pick up on – is that the, 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 the focus pulling. Like this, this – the fucking blurriness goes in and out the entire movie. Like every, mm. every scene, every shot, you know, the, the camera's never static. Like they never actually just set a camera down and film something unless it's the drone, which is the closest thing you get to like, you know, static shots. Which don't get me wrong. I mean beautiful drone shots in this movie. But like every time we have, you know, we're, we're looking or dealing with this stuff. I think it's even at the beginning when um, like Shampoo Sloppy is like holding up like, um, like holding up like dry or cure weed that's in the process of drying. Like, like the camera like bumps into his hands a little bit and stuff like that. And – I, at first, I'm like, okay, maybe documentary, it's it's real, they're just going for, like, raw footage and that type of stuff. What I did find is that the, the cinematographer on this, so the guy working the, the main camera, because there's a lot of cameras other than, you know, the, than the main one. I think there's a lot of iPhones and stuff shooting, too. Um, it's a guy named Corey Hughes, and he's done the cinematography on all of the other shorts from Marnie Ellen Hertzler. And those are really well shot. Those, those, you know, there, there's no like amateur stuff. It doesn't come across as amateur. Those are like really, really, um, you know, well composed. And, and he knows how to pull focus, I guess is what I'm saying. But so I kind of started to, once again, rationalization and projection. I started to think about this idea of, you know, having the camera be so wonky, be so unsteady, be so unfocused to focused, unfocused to focused. It, it comes across as sloppy. But I think that might be purposeful, or I want it to be purposeful, to give the viewer the feeling of being there with these characters. And I actually found in a review of the very few reviews you can find from, like, really obscure movie review websites, somebody said, uh, and I quote this, this phrase that I love, I quote, The camera interacts with the characters like a stoned friend. 
And I was like, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. I kind of like this notion that, you know, they're using a little more, you know, sloppy techniques to use that, you know, once again, that phrase to, to really give the feeling it's like, well, not only is, is like it, it just trying to give you the sense of being there with these people, but imagine if you were living out in the desert, like dehydrated, well, the world's getting glitchy. Let's just put it that way. Like the world is right. getting glitchy through the view of what the camera is giving us. And I feel like they're trying to put us in the shoes of when these people say, oh, the world's getting glitchy. They're trying to emulate that in some way. Um, once again, sure. I, I, the only evidence I have that this is purposeful is because Corey Hughes can film things correctly. Um, he's worked on some other things. He worked on, um, oh, what's that documentary from last year? A, a, a light in the sky or a light at night, something like that, which is a, a fairly well-received documentary, which is not Marnie Ellen Hertzler. And that's very well shot from what I've seen. So I feel like it has to be to some level purposeful. Of course, when you're filming people and they're running around the desert, of course, they're going to move too close or too far and you're going to lose focus. But there's some shots where I'm just like, it, it has to be purposeful. Like you can't, he's not this bad at filming something. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, no, I mean, that, that's interesting. Uh, I definitely, I definitely got the impression that the camera that we were looking through was also a character most of the time. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, although I, I was kind of under the impression that the the female character that was like we were here to film a movie was the one holding the camera for for some reason. Like that's just the way it came across to me. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I, with I, the I, narration and stuff. Sure, I can. I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand that not to be the case now. But I definitely just kind of got the feeling like she was there with them in the moment and also filming. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that definitely could be... Uh, that definitely could be an artistic choice. Um, but... Yeah, that that's the other thing. I mean, you know, as we get all, as we get all these ideas, and it, it really is speculation. I think that's the that's the one thing that is kind of like this movie is so like obscure. I mean, like I said, it played at a, a true false festival. Like, who fuck knows what that? I didn't even know what the hell that was. Um, you like I said, you know, the only reason I found out about it is because Animal Collective did the score. Um, which shout out to Marnie Ellen Hertzler. I don't know how she got Animal Collective to do this. Um, her all her short films are scored by Dan Deacon as well, and I'm like, okay, she clearly knows some like musicians. Um, like, they are all from Baltimore, so that has to be a part of it. But I, I mean, there's no real like. I was looking into like what's the. Like I said, what was what were these people doing beforehand? Couldn't really find anything. What what's the aftermath? You know, it's like are they still living in the desert? Like I couldn't find the GoFundMe page. Um, their Instagrams seem to still be active, but they they just post shit that seems to be you know very much like you know music videos or them rapping in some some very small area where you can't really tell where they are. There's just so little information about this, and I would love to have more, but. But kind of at this point, you know, when we have this discussion, that's why I, I'm excited to talk about it. I have been excited to talk about it is because it's like we have so little to go off of. It really is like this almost, you know, living document that we can analyze and, and project on and rationalize. And I always love that stuff. And, and it's, it's just it's at the end of the day, it's also such a wildly interesting concept to me. Random kids go out in the desert to make rap and smoke weed. And it's just like, what the like, that, I've never heard of anything like that before. <laughs> Yeah, why the desert is is definitely a good question. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, I think um, before we get to our questions, I had a few quick things I wanted to mention. 
Uh, well, one, I, I would be remiss. I've mentioned already, of course. Um, the the score, uh, anything that's not done by our Dead God people, the score is from Animal Collective. I love it. Uh, one of their songs actually uh, popped up on my top 50 of last year from this album, uh, which came out in April 2021. Um, I love it. That also, you know, very spiritual and stuff like that. Um, the other thing I wanted to add, one of the other things I wanted to ask you, Ben, do you remember Spring Breakers? Yeah. Um, so... The the one of the critics that I read of like the the handful of stuff that you can you know actually read reviews on this movie um, compared it to Harmony Corinne they cited his movie Gummo which I've never seen but Harmony Corinne did Spring Breakers and I can see some similarities with the um, with the camera work and just focusing on people type of thing um, I thought that was an interesting comparison well Zach and I have covered Spring Breakers before it's a very interesting movie but I don't, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that that there's there's some weird study of maybe once again like humans as animals type of thing because that's how I took Spring Breakers is, you know, these girls that go on spring break, you know, we're kind of looking at spring break as a zoo once again. I, I definitely see some similarities in the in the camera work and the kind of the disorganization. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, definitely, definitely. And and focus as well. I remember I think James Franco is out of focus for most of Spring Breakers. <laughs> spring Breakers is a weird fucking movie. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard a lot about Gummo, Harmony Corinne's Gummo. I got to check that out. But um, the another thing is maybe a little more... Um, a little, a little too much. A little, uh, a critic going a little up their own ass, maybe. Um, but uh, I might be taking this quote out of context. Um, this is from, um, uh, once again, a weird movie review site, four three dot boiler room dot TV. Um, Luke W. Moody reviewed this movie, and in the article, it states. Quote, just as scientists of the present have studied the 5,300-year-old tattoos and dietary traces of the glacially preserved body of Aitzi to understand the travails of our ancestors, perhaps the archaeologists of the future will excavate the desert mummified stomachs and inked bodies of sad boys and emo rap clans to understand the demise of the present. Like I said, maybe a little too powerful for this movie, but... There's something about that sentence that struck me as just fucking a crazy thing to write. <laughs> what, what do you say? Like the downfall of this generation? The demise demise of the present. Demise of the present. Okay. Uh, I mean, that kind of goes along with what I was saying about about all, you know social media and stuff. What, sure. What you brought yeah. up and all that. Yep. Um, it is a little grandiose. <laughs> But. Yes, yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. grandiose, yeah, absolutely. But I was just like, I, I read that, and I was like, now that's a string of words I never thought I would read, you know? <laughs> um, and then I think the last thing I wanted to mention is um, the uh, the guy on the motorized bicycle. W- one of the things that when I first watched this, I was like, what's this dude's deal? Um, so, you know, Shampoo Sloppy meets that dude on the motorized bike. He says he's going to California. I, I think he, he's even contradicting what he says. At one point, he's like, I'm going to California. There's a settlement out there or something. And then, like, a few sentences later, he's like, yeah, you know, I hope I can make it to California and hopefully find a settlement or something like that. I, I was just kind of like, what's this dude's deal, you know? Like, he's he's going far on that motorized bike. And I, I just know, I this kind of little tangent kind of swoops into the movie because he's not part of dead god he just kind of seemingly you know falls into the lap of the of the filmmaker and that type of thing um but i was just like that that's once again kind of you know like a um a human as animals situation i don't know did the guy on the bike did he strike any chords to you i just found him so intriguing because the way he talks is even so different from the rest of our our main gang that it stands out greatly to me Oh yeah, I, I definitely found him as, as very strange. Um, I I kind of liked him, and I wish he was in the movie more. <laughs> yeah. um, the the thing that I found even weirder though was the fact that we um, we see him like at the end. 
yes. I guess, drone footage of him driving down the highway yeah. and the drones in front of him and shit. Yeah, he's, he's really what the movie ends on. Yep, yep. And it, it had and, that bad CGI fire in the distance. <laughs> is that, it was that CGI fire? I know they, were, they talked about there being fire, um, like a, a fire consuming the area. Yes, yeah. I, I really God looks CGI to me, um, which, which I, I don't, I mean, unfortunately, wildfires happen all the time out here in Colorado. I've woken up many times to complete orange skies and, you know, can't open my windows because of the dust and stuff, but um, it totally yep. looks CGI to me. And um, I, it just, I think they were trying to be like, oh, well, we really couldn't get like a, uh, like a, a f- like footage of fire and they wanted it like him driving down the road and the fire on both sides of them type of thing. Um, right. like this, this artistic, this grand artistic decision. But I mean, even he's the one, he has like the monologue at the end of the movie where he's like, Oh, California. Oh, like he's, he's saying, saying this poem about California, but even, he even says stuff. He's like, I saw a fly eat a bird. I saw a beautiful sunset in the desert of Arizona. And it's just getting back. I think to that human as animals. It's like all these experiences that these people have. I'm, I like that you said it though. Cause I'm with you. This dude should have been in the movie more. Like I, I'm like, what's this dude's deal? Like, like, come on. I want to know. I want to like get. I want to like sit down and drink with this dude and be like, "What's up, man? <laughs> Did you so, make it to California?" <laughs> I think we we have to talk about this. The baloney's for my friends. Oh, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> at this point, because that's that's sloppy. Is just walking down the road with like four pieces of bread in a bag <laughs> and apparently some baloney, which I have no idea where he would have gotten baloney. Yes, um, I'm with you. And an apple, and he's just he's just saying like this baloney's from my friends, and this apple is from me. Yes, over <laughs> Quite and over. Possibly again. the best rap song in the movie from one of our dead god members. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely the best song. Uh, That's good. This this baloney's from my friends. This apple is from me. This baloney's for my friends, but my apple is from me. This baloney is from friends, but this apple is from me. Baloney for my friends, this apple is for me. Baloney for my friends, but this apple is for me. That that leads up to our to our bike bicycle guy who, yes, yeah. who explains the entire process of how he created his bike to Sloppy. Mm-hmm. And then Sloppy gives him his goggles. So it was like, as much as he's stealing from everybody, like he did something nice for the strangers. Like yeah. that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. and they, they do talk about with that spirituality. I think something we didn't mention is they... I, I think in some of the stuff that they say, you know, even though it's a lot of almost incoherent, unconnected nonsense, they do talk about like unity and oneness and stuff like that. I think really in that in that um, GoFundMe video and Shampoo Sloppy's like, you know, we just all need to live together and like and like work to each other, like self sustain that village, like be, form a community. So yeah, they might be, you know, these these. Uh, you know, thieves that, you know, we don't agree with or, you know, gets us to turn on them. But yeah, they, they definitely have this notion of, you know, oneness, unity and like helping others and and community and stuff like that. So but once again, very contradictory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real weird. I think I think that was everything I had. Uh, but was there anything else you wanted to highlight? Um, oh, I, guess, I guess maybe the one other thing is um, what do you think the implication is of the thing in the cave? Do you think they found a dead body or a person sleeping? Or do you um, think they found something completely different? Because, like I said, I don't, I don't fully understand what go, is going on with that Snapchat filter. Because the thing that the Snapchat filters on, its eyes open. Yeah, I definitely thought that that was just one of the dead god people, and they like. So, yeah, they they uh, walk up, they act like they're finding something, and then they just put a, give a Snapchat filter on one of the dead god people, 
and they're pretending like what they found was like a dog beast thing. <laughs> okay. But I, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a line somewhere in there where they're like uh, – before they find it, I think someone's like, is that a dead thing or something like that? And I guess that's maybe what think that they found like a dead body or something. But then even when they all run out of – because they do – they like run out of the cave. And when they run out of the cave, the next shot is like the camera is at a distance and it's like looking through some brush or something. And we see the dead god people talking, but we can't hear what they're saying. And it, mm-hmm. it seems like they're having like almost like like a, a meeting, like a team meeting that they didn't want filmed or something like that. Like it's like it's in like in those like those episodes of The Office when the camera's like creeping in like a door, so they and then you can like barely hear what's going on with the characters. You know, it's like filming them guerrilla style. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, what the hell is this? And I've never been able to like rationalize that in all the times I've watched this movie. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? But maybe it's like that whole idea of they go into the back of the cave and. And, you know, they, they find something, you know, that, that's just as mired in technology and, and you know, social media that, that is in the outside world. But for some reason, this thing scares them. I, I, it's just so strange. You know, it's interesting to, to think of it as, like, maybe a statement that technology has infiltrated even the most remote caves. Ooh, I like that. Because, like, yeah, they, they say that this whoever was there set up this... Um, this this cave to make it livable. I, I think there there might be a mention of solar panels or something like that. That might be for for a different house or something. But yeah, that's it is it is weird. It's um once again though projection rationalization. I mean that's all we got. <laughs> and I I guess if they did find technology had infiltrated this far, they might be afraid of that. Sure, sure. That there, there's some recesses that they can't escape it. Um, but it also doesn't seem that they want to escape it sometimes. Um, but. Yeah, very strange. I don't know, Ben. Was, was there anything else you wanted to highlight? Any other uh, any other thoughts that now that um now that I've been able to uh, uh, explain this movie uh, or my thoughts on it a little bit more that came up or anything you wanted to highlight? <laughs> uh, well, at some point while I was watching it, I I told my wife, she's like, you know, how some movies like they have you on the edge of your seat because you're like really intensely excited or like interested. <laughs> Like this movie has me on the edge of my seat because I'm trying to leave. <laughs> sure. Oh, like like uh, when the bell's about to ring in class and you get you got your backpack slung over one shoulder and you're just ready, like you're in a Usain Bolt starting position stance, ready to do the marathon sprint or something like that. That's that's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was how it, that's, that's how I felt a, while I was watching it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I was I remember when you sent me that Facebook message and you were like, I'm 20 minutes in and nothing's happened and you know it's a mishmash of footage and all that stuff. Um, I whatever I saw it late, whatever I was working on, but I think when i hit you up the next morning i i was like i should have hit you up like if i had seen it sooner i should have hit you up and been like well good thing is you only have 50 minutes left <laughs> like it's a very short movie but i i'm with you it does feel its length at certain points i think for me the um the sand dune scene that's the one where i'm really like nothing is happening and we like we said we get the shots of we're looking at the the camera is looking at someone holding a phone looking at nature and stuff like that and i think that has some artistic meaning but other than that it's just like them they're just chasing each other in the desert. It's like, like once again, it's like watching cats play or something. It's like animals in a zoo. And I can only watch that for so long, you know? If, if it's well, an animal I'm not interested in. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm glad that, that you brought up this, like, humans as animals things because she says something like, if, if the rest of the world was to die, like, would these people even know? Oh, yeah. At yeah. some point. And then, at, and then at some point late at the end of the movie, she's like, if the rest of the world did die, I would hope that these are the only people who survived. And she said something about like them evolving to run on all fours. Yes, like yeah, that's right. Like yeah. actually being animals. I was like, so I don't know. I, I, 
Whenever she first was like, I hope these are the only people that survive, I was just like, that's fucking stupid. Like, these people kind of, <laughs> like, they suck a lot. Yes. Like, humans are dead. <laughs> if you really um, believe that, that's very cynical about the human race, well, I think. <laughs> also, there was no one for them to reproduce with because no fucking woman is stupid enough to be out there with them. <laughs> yes. Other than the woman who's filming this. But uh, then she proceeds to say, like, I, I imagine them evolving to, like, walk on all fours. And I was like... Since the, since they're not going to have future generations, what she's really saving, saying is she imagines these particular people devolving to running around on all fours. <laughs> yeah, and that I agree with. <laughs> oh, that that that's uh, that's the sequel, Crestone Two, Crestone Boogaloo. It's all these same characters, but they're they're just running around all four, fours and barking at each other. <laughs> but then and their rap is just the, the same. <laughs> Like the whole movie is them barking at each other and like and like ransacking places, maybe like barking at people to get them out of their houses to seal their shit. But then you know they get in front of the computer and the uh, and the mic and stuff, and then they just like you know, you know, I miss her, she loves me, and this is just like, it's like push the juxtaposition even further, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Oh man, it's a yeah, it's a it's a wild fucking experience. This thing, this thing. Um, I, I guess you know if there's nothing else, then that brings us to our questions, which I I think you know we've been saying. I mean, I, I'll, I'll start with Cinemodities. I mean, definitely. This is, like I said at the start, I like this is almost a pure Cinemodity. Like, this is the thing that I watch, and I'm like, this is so weird. Like, this is, you know, cinematic. It's a motion picture, like I said, but it is just so odd. It's such a strange concept, and honestly, like I said, the sincerity around it makes it even weirder to me. Like, for something about, with, like we said, that I think is getting at this these profound notions and takes on social media as a god of the modern era— it being so sincere, you know, reflecting on social media, which might be the least sincere thing with the notion of being able to snapshot, um, control, create their own reality. It's it's just it, – and the contradictory nature of everything we've been saying, Jesus, it's, it's a definite cinemodity for me. And I have to go – it's a definite late night for me as well because I, I think this is – you know, one of my favorite things from late night movies is, you know, spurring discussion. And I think this movie, once you get that, like the, the pump primed, this is a great movie for having discussions like we've just, uh, you know, gave an example of. But it is certainly a case of know your audience. Like, I, I think there's more people that would just be like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? Social media is God or, or this type of thing. I think the the first layer of, you know, somebody listening to these people talk in the first 15 minutes of the movie and going, are they are they like dumb? Like, did they leave school to come out in here and do this? You know that type of thing. That's that might be a tough barrier to get through to talk about some of these bigger themes. So I think it's a definitely know your audience late night movie. But if you got the right people, I think that you can really get some some runway from like you know talking about the ideas that you know maybe not that this movie presents, but the movie the ideas that it makes the audience think of as they watch it. So I'm going definitely to both. What do you think, Ben? Uh, definitely yes to cinemodity. Uh, it's, it is, it's a very odd, very odd thing. <laughs> um, the disorganization, the, the camera work, all of it, very strange. Uh, as far as late night, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, if you are on a date with a significant other or, you know, whoever, whatever gets your, gets your fancy. I love when late I, night uh, answers start with dates, <laughs> date nights. <laughs> so so if, if you're on a date and you want to ensure that you don't get laid. Show them this movie. <laughs> I like that. I like that. This is like the uh, the the anti sex device. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So I guess then that uh, brings us to snacks. And um, I mean, I think we mentioned some already. Uh, uh, I think we can both agree. Uh, hot bread 
uh, which is delivered in the pocket of the waitstaff. So if somebody orders the hot bread, it's uh, crumpled up in the waitstaff's pocket and they get it right there. Uh, also, of course, because we mentioned it, uh, my thought was like it would be the Crestone family meal. So, you know, maybe it's like somebody would order the Crestone family meal for the table. So one person would order it for the table and the person who ordered it would get an apple, but everybody else at the table would get a piece of bologna because it's a bologna for my friends. This apple is for me. <laughs> I'm with you. Now, two foods that we didn't mention. Um, one in the cave scene, they find beans in the wall. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. says, he's like, there's beans in the wall. What do you think they're for? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is that question? That's not the first question I'd ask. There's beans in the wall. What do you think they're for? Um, but I, I figured we'd just have something on the menu called wall beans. I don't I'm, Maybe it'd be beans we store in the wall and just kind of serve, you know, like, um, oh, oh, how about this? How about this? I just, I, this, this just dawned on me. Maybe it's like a salad bar. But it's like a bunch of cubby holes in a wall, and it's just different types of beans in the cubbies. And so, like, someone can go up, and they have to, like, you know, scoop out some beans from the wall, and then just have, like, a plate of beans type of thing. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of with you on that. I, what I'm, It got me thinking, like, don't we, from the Spider-Man series, don't we have something that, like, shoots garlic at people? Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> what if we had something like that that shoots – so, like, you order wall beans, and there, we, we install a wall that's, like, kind of squishy, and this this thing just, like – shoots a can of beans into a wall and uh and you have to eat them from the wall oh okay okay so like the uh the the can would be caught in like this this semi squishy wall is what you're saying yeah okay yeah. okay i like that um I, I'm and, mad- oh and then and then it, that can this can also be like so this is part of the restaurant but it's also uh kind of like an interactive zoo exhibit <laughs> uh, where like you just see these people eating beans out of a wall like they're like a gerbil licking the like you know the ball <laughs> sure. trying to get water okay okay yep <laughs> i like that just i mean I, there's something about it i i almost lost it when you said it just the phrase wall beans fucking <laughs> it's that's ridiculous to me like that's two <laughs> words that would never have existed no one's ever put that together it, like this podcast is the reason for those two words to ever be put next to each other fucking wall beans <laughs> wall beans yeah um another food i had which is so disgusting to me i just wanted to take it right out of this movie cup noodles made with warm water topped with ketchup Oh my god, ketchup that has been left Jesus out on the countertop. Christ. And it's not even refrigerated. Oh, oh my god, I was you're right about that that it's not refrigerated. Just the idea of ketchup on like hard or semi-hard cuz that water can't be that fucking hot. Like cup noodles, ketchup on cup on ramen, on noodles yeah. period. Oh my god, I was like physically cringing in that scene. And then you oh, see no, the dude eating it. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, that was disgusting. Um yeah, um, we we definitely – we should start serving raw chicken on cardboard circles also. Sure, sure. I can get by um, that. <laughs> I, so this is kind of along the same lines as as the family meal you were talking about. With the, with, I was thinking of like friend bologna, which is like you can only you, – you can order this item, but you can only order it for someone else. Ooh, oh man, I like that. You know, you know what that that for some reason that makes me think of the the common scenario where like um a woman's at a table at like a bar or something and then like a guy and like a, the waiter will bring a drink over and be like it's it's like thanks to the gentleman and it'll point at the guy and the guy will wave. 
I, I would love to see like you know like someone's at a table and the waiter comes over and they just slap down a piece of bologna in front of you and they're like courtesy of the gentleman and you look over and he's like you know I want to be your friend you know or something like that <laughs> like it's like it's you're not hitting on them with the friend bologna you're just saying it's like it's like a, like an olive branch of like hey uh, you know maybe maybe that's how we combat social media instead of the whole thing of you know let me get your snap let me get your insta which is seemingly how you know the younger generation meets each other these days. We we have the analog notion of if you want to make friends in the Cinematis restaurant, you give them a piece of bologna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm for it. Friend, that's, friend that's bologna. Friend bologna. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, th- so actually, I, I'm I'm kind of open to like allowing a lot of things to to be friend whatever, like friend fries, friend whatever. Oh, sure. But uh, the one thing that you can't friend is an apple. Uh, apples are only, you're only allowed to order them for yourself. Yes, of course, of course. That's our restriction. <laughs> so you know, it's just I. We need friend bologna in our that. lives. I dig that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think the, everybody needs oh, friend bologna. Of course. I mean, I I should get some bologna just so I can throw it at people and say, "You want to be my friend?" <laughs> <laughs> We're friends now. <laughs> We're friends now. Yes. I think then the last thing I had it's not a food item, and and once this is maybe a little different. Uh, I don't know if we ever done this before but i i don't think this is something we can implement in the restaurant it's maybe more of a hope that i have i hope that one day we have a group of soundcloud rappers living in the deep recesses of the cinematities restaurant and someone comes to film a documentary about them <laughs> i feel like the next craziest place for this other than the desert would be in the deep dark parts of the infinite void of the cinematities restaurant <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you um you know, I, I think we need something like specifically desert themed since this was in the desert. Sure. Okay. Uh, we can have stream water. There's like dirty stream water <laughs> yeah. mountain. Okay. Um, but whenever you order it, you get you get the option to either order one five gallon jug that is three quarters full, and and one like Everglade jug, you know, with the handle. Yeah. Or you can order an individual jug for every person at your table. But you're not allowed to share jugs. Oh my god! Oh yes, I got. I'll put the clip in. Fuck them touching my jug. It's my <laughs> jug. I don't care. You brush your teeth too much. Who are you trying to impress out here? <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize how much you use water for until you don't have it. <laughs> Brushing your teeth, all this stuff. It all requires water. Then we gotta argue over the shit, like who's used more water than who, and no one remembers. Everyone lies, even if they don't mean to. It's human nature to look out for yourself. There's only a little bit of water. We should just give each person one jug, and that's their jug. And if they use it, don't fucking touch my jug, you know? Fuck them touching my jug. That shit is whack. Touch my damn water because you brushed your teeth so much. Who are you trying to impress? Ain't nobody out here. I brushed my teeth for you. Um... (laughs) That's, yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I and I also I gotta say I love him getting hypothetically mad about a situation that could never happen. Yes, yeah. because they don't have their own jugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, fucking shampoo sloppy man. Fucking shampoo. Fucking touching my jug. Touching my fucking touching my jug. Oh, anything else oh, for the rest? Oh yeah, go for it. Tactical assault piss jugs. <laughs> Okay. Always, always good to have those, of course. (laughs) Uh, That's just the fucking way she goes.
It's not, the way it's she not the fucking way she goes, Ray. You spent all our money on video poker. That's not the fucking way she goes. Sports! with the fucking erection! Ray was supposed to go up to the bar and get his drinks. Julian gave him lecture money, but he's wheeling there and he veers into the fucking VLT room and dumps money into the machines. Ray, what the fuck you doing, man? Lost all the liquor money, boys. What? That's the way she goes. That's the way she goes? That's right. That's the way she goes. That's what I said. So you lost all our drink money is what she goes. She's gone. That's right. That's the way she goes. Sometimes she goes, sometimes it doesn't. She didn't go. That's the way she goes. Well, I guess we're going the fuck home then. Corey, get him out of here. It's going to be the best night ever. Now it's the worst night ever. Fucking way she goes, he said. Fucking way she goes, and goddamn erections ruined the night. Here. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, good. It's not, that's it's not good. the way she goes. Well, I guess at the end of this, Ben, um, uh, before I throw it over to you and we talk about anything we want to pitch, I guess I want to ask you. Would you like to say, uh, since, of course, if nobody could fucking tell, this was a Rob choice for the music movie series, if that wasn't made abundantly clear, um, Ben gets to choose the next one. Would you like to tell our audience what we're discussing next week, or would you like to keep it a little secret? Um, I, I'm down to give a little teaser. Okay. Next week, we will be discussing the the greatest rapper alive. No, I'm the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Okay. <laughs> in, in a movie from when I was a youngster, we will be discussing uh, 8 Mile... Uh, starring Eminem as B Rabbit. Yes, yes, I, I'm excited. I haven't seen that movie in so long, and it'll be great if you've if you've listened to our Song Street episodes. I think you know we've done one on a lot of Eminem music, and then we've done one Tom McDonald that you know tied into some Eminem stuff. Um, so it's going to be good to focus on that movie and uh, get to talk more about Eminem with Ben. So uh, Eminem we, with Ben, there we go. <laughs> we we get to talk about the line where Eminem says. Something about this guy's shirt is screaming, Lionel, I don't fit you. <laughs> um, you know, so it's good old shit talking to rhythm. I'm excited. I, I'm excited. Yes, yeah. yes. And it will also be uh, slightly refreshing to, uh, like you said, uh, be looking at a rapper that is uh, much, much more uh, proficient at their skills, at their art than um, anybody in the Dead God crew. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well then, Ben, as always, what do you want to throw at us? I know I'm going to have some links to put in the show notes, but tell our audience about what they are. All right, so as always, i got to pitch the Life Counter. It is the only app you'll ever need for tracking your life totals while playing Magic the Gathering. It handles commanders and partner commanders and everything you could possibly want. It is very customizable. It stores data about how you are doing against your friends so you can rub it in their faces or be ashamed of it. <laughs> and then uh, attached to that, inside of it, you'll be able to find a link that says support us. Uh, unfortunately, it's not Cinemodities Us. It is Rocket Bear Apps Us. Uh, but if you follow the link uh, that says support us, you will end up on TCG Player uh, using my affiliate code, the Life Counter. Uh, and that any cards you buy, any products you buy, will um cost the same as if you were not supporting me but i will get a kickback from you supporting me or as i say it in the app you will have to spend no extra mana uh to support me um that affiliate code is the life counter there is a shortened link bit.ly slash the life counter rob will put that in the show notes um 
come check us out. Come support us. Uh, the Life Counter app is now free, and the only way that I'm getting any income from it is through this uh, affiliate link, and that is going to be the way it will be moving forward. Uh, and as always, there are big plans in the works for the Life Counter. I'm not ready to announce any of them quite yet, but know that there will be updates regularly to that application. Um, so I think those are the only two projects I'm really working on at the moment, or really the only the only one project and its tie-in. So yes, please, if you like this or don't like this or whatever, please come support Rocket Bear apps anyway, because you don't have to like me or my opinions to like my app. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, as Ben said, yes, go and support. Uh, get your stuff for TCG Player Support, Ben. If you do want to support the Cinemodities podcast, you can head over to the Cinemodities Patreon, uh, where Ben and I discuss a plethora of different things. Um, I think at the time when this comes out, uh, the last release will have been a fan request about The Ice Harvest, a movie that Ben and I really did not know about that was dropped on us by a, a, uh, a fan request, because yes, you can pay us on the Patreon to force us to watch movies. Turns out it's a really fucking good movie movie and we gush over it and how funny it is and how clever it is and how enjoyable it is and um you can find that and find a whole backlog of episodes on uh that uh, are just ready for you to listen and of course when you pay you support the podcast keeping us alive going things like that so definitely support us in all of these different ways that you can um also ben i think speaking i want to give a quick shout out just speaking of uh card games um this is the first episode that uh we, any cinemodities recording that is uh, happening after the release of you Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Uh, I have been bitten by the beast again, and I have been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. I hit Platinum 1 in three days. I've been playing it fucking nonstop. Um, if you want to play me, you can find me on the Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. It's cross-platform, so if whatever you're playing it on, we can play each other. Uh, if you want to duel me... Um, handle my weird off-meta decks and things like that, you can find me through my usual handle, Lead Newstat. I'll put that in the show notes. But please, come play Yu-Gi-Oh! with me. I know it's not Magic, Ben, and I don't need an app for it because the, the PlayStation or the, the software keeps track of all the life points and stuff like that. Um, but it's a, it's a card game I've been, I've been dealing with these days. <laughs> is, it, is it like old-school, legit Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, it is it is modern Yu-Gi-Oh. Every single card is available. It's free to play, also, which is oh, wow. uh, you can like pay to like get gems to get more cards and stuff. But I haven't spent a dime, and you know I've I had to spend time like learning the game because I've been played in like ten years, probably longer than ten years now. Um, and and you know I I worked my way back up. You know I'm, I'm fucking kicking ass and that type of stuff. It's been a uh, it's been the beast. The beast has bitten me again, Ben. The addiction of playing card games. Uh, my addiction to drop ball, I should say. So. <laughs> So yes, if you want to play me and you give anyone wants to play, it's free to play, and you can find me, and um, we can we can throw down. <laughs> nice, nice. So then, I guess the last thing is, how do we want to end this episode? Well, I think um, I, I want to do, of course, I want to play Animal Collective's "Oh California," which is the ending music that plays over the uh, the guy on the motorized bike driving away. It's also the song from Crestone, the uh, the album. Um, that made it onto my top 50 from last year. I figured we'd play that in reverse um, to send off this incredibly strange motion picture. Almost said movie again. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. That, that sounds fine to me. Uh, I have one other thing to say. Yes. Uh, you're dead, Rob. Don't just stand there and pretend that you're not. <laughs> and if you want to know more about that, please do come watch the uh, – listen to the Ice Harvest episode on the Patreon. Definitely worth a listen. Oh, yeah. And even if you don't do that, fucking probably watch that movie. Cause yeah, 
Some good shit, man. That's surprisingly yeah. good. Yes, and uh, yeah. So please, you know, um, uh, the shout out to our Patreon, Patreon patrons, and Shift for requesting that. You too can get shout outs, and you can make us watch movies that it turns out we like or hate. You know that type of thing. Check out the Patreon once again. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that's a perfect place to end it with an advertisement. <laughs> awesome. Awesome.